1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Sunday edition of the best of fight back. More of what you want to hear from the week that was. We learned early in the week from leading geriatrician, Dr. Samir Sinha, that people over 60 are still most at risk of dying after contracting COVID-19 in the third wave, as they were in the second and first waves. Why is this happening and why are there still people over 60 who have not received the first dose of their COVID vaccine? Joining me while I was filling in for Libby, bioethicist Dr. Carrie Bowman and Dr. Samir Sinha, Director of Geriatrics at Mount Sinai and the University Health Network Hospitals in Toronto.
2: What's disturbing is is the fact of the matter is that we know that older adults have represented 96% of our deaths from COVID-19 thus far in the pandemic. And just uh, during the month of March alone, they still represent 90% of our deaths, um, yet only 15% of our cases. So while, you know, while it's you know, it is correct that there's a growing number of cases amongst younger people. The truth of the matter is that it's still older adults who are the most likely ones to end up in hospital um, and to end up dying. And so while there was a lot of focus during the past month about getting older people vaccinated, we know that while ninety percent of Canadians say older Canadians say they want to get vaccinated, we haven't nearly hit any of those targets in Ontario, um, and especially in the city of Toronto. So, we're actually seeing that we're not actually matching you know, our supply of vaccines for this population with the actual demand that exists, and that's actually costing lives. We have to do so much better.
1: Dr. Bowman, I'd like to get your comment on that as well in terms of the barriers that pe- some people, and I guess this would be not necessarily in the 60 to 70 age range, but as people get older, these barriers, uh, how real do you see these challenges?
3: they're very real. I, I agree with Samir uh, completely. You know, I'm, I'm in daily touch or almost daily touch with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, senior citizens and agencies I'm working with. And, and that is exactly right. Um, you know, there are obstacles that we, you know, just have not been clearly dealt with. Uh, linguistic is definitely one of them. And, and getting down there, you know, I, I've heard several people say, if only my family doctor, if only I could do it through there. So that could be something that's driving it. But, you know, generally, and I'm not just speaking about older people, I'm also beginning to wonder, you know, the social scientist in me is beginning to wonder, you know, attitude and behavior are not always the same thing. And so although a lot of people, all age groups are, are you know, saying they're very positive towards getting a vaccine, uh Part of it may be there could be some latent ambivalence in all age groups as well that's driving some of this.
1: So it's not so much hesitancy in any particular demographic. It's an overall, if there is hesitancy, which we believe there is, it would span all age groups? I hypothesize that. I hypothesize that.
3: And I think with the AstraZeneca now Johnson & Johnson, uh, you know, uh, situation, uh, that could be driving some of it as well. And so what do we need? We need a lot more public support and education on these things. Um, You know, the other thing I see, Jane, is I I see a big shift in the thinking in the media. So the thinking is, uh, you know, the older people have had their chance and now we've moved on. We're no Uh. longer about uh, stopping death. We're now about trying to stop the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that kind of siloed thinking is very dangerous.
1: So you think that they've broadened uh, the uh, they've broadened the eligibility too soon to other age groups.
3: I'm not sure if they have, but there's an attitude that it's either or, you know, Um, and, and so I but what I do find talking to a lot of people is the assumption is that, you know, older Canadians, let's say 65 plus, that has been dealt with. They've had their chance and they're vaccinated or they don't want to be vaccinated. It's really not as simple as that. I think a lot of people really don't understand.
1: Going forward from here, your thoughts.
2: I don't want anybody out there to get discouraged. Anybody there, you know, out there who's listening, who wants a vaccine, please, despite the bugs in the system, Please keep trying to get vaccinated. Hopefully, this feedback will be helpful to kind of improve things as we move forward. And we have to remember that right now, older people remain the most vulnerable in our province. And with these variants of concern, they're the most likely to end up in hospital and die. So if you're hesitant about getting a vaccine, remember the fastest vaccine you can get your hands on. They're all excellent vaccines, and they pretty much nearly protect you for almost by 100%. Uh, from ending up in a hospital or dying. So I would not be shopping for a vaccine. I would get whatever you can uh, because they're all great, um, especially in older people.
1: Dr. Samir Sinha, Director of Geriatrics at Mount Sinai and the University Health Network Hospitals in Toronto, along with bioethicist Dr. Carrie Bowman. This is Zoomer Radio's Best of Fight Back. I'm Jane Brown. On Thursday, we picked up where we left off Wednesday, when Dr. Sinha and Dr. Bowman enlightened us with the real reasons as to why so many people 60 and over have yet to get their first dose of COVID vaccine. Dr. Sinha revealed that 90% of people 75 and over want a vaccine, but there are too many barriers in trying to get it. And Dr. Bowman outlined that the messaging around older people is that they've had their chance to get vaccinated and it's no longer their turn. Biostatistician Ryan Imgrund joined the conversation along with Toronto City Councillor Josh Matlow, who is proposing to the Premier and Health Minister a system where every adult in the province pre-registers for a COVID shot.
4: The reason we believe this is important is because there seems to be sort of two general camps in the province. There are people who uh, are just, you know, confused by uh, the rollout. They, they hear things like uh, a shutdown versus a lockdown versus red versus gray, etc., and sometimes tune out, uh, which is not a good thing. There are many others who are very tuned in, who are anxious, who, who, who can't wait to get their, their vaccine, both because they want to be safe, but they also want to keep others safe and they want to help end the pandemic. Uh, but they're often confused about where to go, when their turn will pop- come, if they're in a the hot spot, if they're at the right age, etc. So what this will do is allow any Ontario, if we have a pre-registration opportunity, to just go online or by phone, whatever is accessible to them, and register. And that means that they immediately will have an acknowledgement that they're on the list and that when the phase arrives, that their time is has arrived, they will get a notification with relevant information about where to go and what to do. That will not only provide some comfort uh, to, to many people's mental health right now who are understandably anxious about when and how they'll get a shot, which is the confusion is a deterrent as well. But also for the government, rather than rely on polls uh, and, and other types of, uh, you know, kind of data that may not be as as informative, uh, it'll give real information, real data on where the interest is. It could contribute to the uh, supply management and distribution, along with, uh, importantly, uh, indicators on where uh, there's vaccine hesitancy and where there needs to be more action taken to address that 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 concern as well. So there's a number of different reasons, uh, but we believe that it's important to do. And and frankly, there are many other jurisdictions that are doing this. We we wish that Ontario would act on it. We'll go to
1: biostatistician Ryan Imgrund. What has gone wrong that so many people 60 plus still need to get their first dose? Yeah.
5: So I think the like booking system is an absolute nightmare. If you look at even what like, Toronto Public Health has set up, it's a nightmare. They um, you go onto the website and you're being linked to the like provincial system for this, um, a, you know, health team for this, a hospital for this, a mass immunization clinic for this. It just simply doesn't work. I think, you know, what that seems to be the biggest issue around these vaccines. And it's it's just so tough to navigate and figure out how to get a vaccine and to sign up for a vaccine. It's, it's just not an easy thing to do. And I think that's why we're, some of these areas, move on to younger populations, you know, thinking that the older populations don't want the vaccine. Right. But I think it's a registration issue.
1: And as a final thought, your advice to older Ontarians on how to access the shot if they're feeling frustrated and challenged and basically blocked from doing so?
5: Yeah, so I would say use the phone and contact your local public health unit. There are some fantastic employees at these local public health units that may be able to guide you phone up your pharmacist, phone up your family doctor, see if you can get information that maybe they have access to on how you can book these vaccines. If you have family members that, you know, have internet access um, that, you know, maybe a little bit like quicker who are able to get you into the system to help you navigate that, reach out to them, reach out for help. And that is what Ontario is still really, really good at is helping out other people. And I hope that we can take advantage of how nice we are as Ontarians and we can ensure that those 60 and above get vaccinated because that should be the highest priority right now here in Ontario.
1: Biostatistician Ryan Imgrund and Toronto City Councillor Josh Matlow. I'm Jane Brown, and this is Zoomer Radio's best of fight back. Coming up after the break, the COVID variants versus the COVID vaccines. Which is winning now?
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Good isn't good enough. Make way for the best of Fight Back with Jane Brown on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Let's drill down on the
1: third wave of COVID-19 now. On Wednesday, Fight Back went to two of our regular contributors to see where we are at here in Ontario, especially in the COVID hotspots, whether it's going to get worse before it gets better, and how the COVID-19 vaccine rollout is going so far. I was joined by Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, family physician and founder of Prime Health Clinical Research, along with epidemiologist Dr. Tim Sly professor at the School of Occupational and Public Health at Ryerson University.
6: Well, I'm looking right now at the uh, at the profile the first, the second and the third wave in this country and right now the The angle, the slope of the increase now is very, very close to the peak of the second wave, and in fact it's heading straight upwards. There's no, showing no signs of, of leveling off. In other words, my prediction is that we're going to see the third wave exceed the maximum height of the, of the, of the second wave. In other words, it's, it's, as you said, at the top, it's going to get worse before it gets, before it gets better. Uh, and this is largely due to the uh, to the circulating new variants. It's almost as if we had a, uh, another epidemic within the pandemic. It's almost a different organism, the way it's behaving. In fact, I've got also here on the screen the, um, the ages. If you remember back a year ago, we were looking at the old-timers in long-term care, and that was where the focus was. Right now, as of uh, last week, The predominant, the highest uh, incidence of of cases is in the 20 to 39 age group. That's the highest uh, group of people uh, reporting ill.
1: Let's talk about the vaccines, the rollout. What, in your opinion, is going well? What is failing?
6: Well, they started off very well, if you remember. I mean, they, all of the results came back from the phase three trials, better than anybody would have predicted. And that has stayed with us as we as we slide from the phase three trials into the larger real-world data. I mean, they, they, the vaccine's coming out that... The phase 3 trial has sort of ended, but the the data stream carries on, and we're beginning to look and see that these things are working better again in the real world, than we would have thought. But we are currently number 55 in the world, 55th rank in the world in terms of number of people. That's per million, vaccinations per million people. 55 in the world. We should be in the top 10 and the reason for that is we started poorly. We were on the wrong foot. We were asleep at the, at the, at the start as gun because we didn't produce our own vaccine. So we really have to run hard, hard to catch up and protect our people.
1: And joining us now is family physician and the founder of Prime Health Clinical Research, regular contributor to Fight Back, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Let's review the efficacy against the virus after a single dose.
7: Absolutely. Consider that Canada has mainly three vaccines right now. So we've got Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca. So the news is really very good on Pfizer and Moderna. The studies are showing that immunity after getting the vaccine lasts at least six months. And what's so exciting about it is what what the scientists are looking at is after someone gets the vaccine, they measure specific antibodies that fight the virus, and those antibodies are present in high numbers after getting the Pfizer vaccine and Moderna when they're measured at the six-month point. Generally speaking, when you see a strong antibody response like that, that's an indication of long-term immunity. Now, ultimately, can you know for sure? No, you have to continue measuring it to be 100% to know how long it will actually last. So that's the antibody response. And then on the other hand, you have the real world data. What is it showing in terms of the number of cases? And what we see is a significant decline in case counts as well. Of course, some of the best data we have is coming out of Israel, but it's super exciting to see those numbers plummeting. The vaccinations and the natural disease both give immunity to COVID 19. The problem with natural diseases, if you're asymptomatic, the likelihood is you do, will not have lasting immunity. So, what we know from natural disease is that people who are sicker, those who are hospitalized, actually have the best immunity. But the very best immunity comes from vaccination. That's a surefire bet. So, don't rely on getting the disease naturally.
1: Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, family physician and founder of Prime Health Clinical Research, along with epidemiologist Dr. Tim Sly, professor at the School of Occupational and Public Health at Ryerson University. This is Zoomer Radio's Best of Fight Back. I'm Jane Brown. Are you ready for an inspiring good news story? I was joined on Thursday by a woman who has managed to shuttle 2,000 seniors with accessibility challenges to get their COVID vaccines. Shanta Sundarason is the founder of Pink Cars and told us how this
8: volunteer vaccine venture came to be. I'm in York Region and a couple of days before the rollout started in York Region, on the 1st of March, I started to get a couple of frantic phone calls from some of the seniors within my community, and I just thought that I really had to reach out and find a way to help them. So I put my thinking cap on, and this was the Friday before, and within a couple of hours, I decided that I was going to start a site, a website, um, offering help to those that needed it to book their appointments. I was going to come up with a landline, which we have done, so we have a hotline as well. And I also reached out to people in my community to come forward as volunteers to help drive the seniors to and from the vaccination appointments for those that really needed it. So within 72 hours, I had two key volunteers helping me with bookings. And to date, we have about 80 um, volunteers driving seniors to and from their appointment throughout the entire York region. Wow we're
1: hearing a lot of stories today and yesterday from older people yeah. who really want a vaccine and because of various barriers and and this would be one accessibility as well are not able to, or have not to date been able to get their first dose um in terms of being eligible to get a lift from you folks at pink cars the criteria and how to get in touch with you
8: sure um no criteria we do it. We, we hope that people reach out to us for a ride because they really need it um, because I, all our volunteers, you know, they pay their own fuel and everything. So we really want to offer this to people that really need it. But there is no criteria so long as your vaccination appointment is within York Region because our volunteers live within this designated area. If you have a computer, you can go to www.pinkcars.com. And there is a very simple form to fill out if you need help with booking your appointment or if you just need a ride or if you need both. And if you don't have a computer, we have a hotline. We answer it within 30 seconds or we will return a call in less than an hour. And our phone number is 905-479-8880. So let me get this straight.
1: Pinkcars.ca, 905-479-8880. You can contact uh, Pink Cars, even if you don't have an appointment, and to get help with an appointment and then to get a ride to the appointment. This is like a gift from God.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Someone called all our volunteers Earth Angels. So I told them, take on that phrase. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, and what about, because, you know, Zoomers love to give of their time, their children have grown, Uh, some people are only working part-time, semi-retired, repurposing. Um, After this interview, I'm sure we're going to get emails from people asking to help with this. Uh, Are you looking for more volunteers?
8: Um, We are looking for a couple of volunteers, uh, but we really are looking for people that can help 24-7. Well, I don't mean 24 hours a day, but have no criteria because it's very hard when people reach out to us to say, oh, we can help Monday, Wednesday, and Friday just for one or two hours. Mm -hmm. If you can help every single day of the week, please go to pinkcars.ca. There's a volunteer tab that you can fill out your information and offer whatever services you'd like. But for driving, really, we'd like to be able to make it easy for our volunteers to just pick up the phone and say, Um, you know, Jason or Tom or Sarah, can you do this right today? Shanta Sundarason is the
1: founder of Pink Cars at pinkcars.ca, helping York Region seniors get their vaccine appointments and get them to their appointments. Told you it was a good news story. I'm Jane Brown, and you're listening to the best of Fight Back. Coming up, what you had to say about the week that was and the Fight Back Knockout Call of the Week.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Zoomer Radio, pulling no punches with the best of Fight Back with Jane Brown.
1: Fight Back with Libby Snymer brings you comprehensive coverage of the news stories that interest you and your reaction to them on the phones. Here are some of this week's best calls. Margot called from Coburg to explain the challenge she's had in trying to get a COVID vaccine.
7: I live in Coburg, Ontario, and I've been trying for eight days to book a, a vaccine, and it's impossible. Like, all of the clinics around here, are they tell me they're totally booked. I finally found a booking, though, but it's in Lindsay, Ontario. It's about two hours away, and I, I took it. And I'm going to take a dry run on Tuesday to see if I can find Lindsay. But thats I have to travel two hours out of my area in order to get it.
1: Hope also called from Coburg with a similar story.
8: My sister navigated online for herself and her husband, and everything was fine. And I'm 67 with underlying lung condition, and it just keeps bouncing me out. And this morning I tried one eight 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 number. Yes. And that poor man said Trenton in June.
1: That's when you could next get an appointment.
8: Yeah. Like Margot's going to Lindsay, they're sending wanna send me to Trenton in in June. And I live I can walk to the center in Coburg. He says there's nothing there.
1: Lorna in Brantford phoned to say getting a COVID vaccine for her brother has been a challenge, even though he's been entitled to get a shot long before his booking.
7: I tried to go on the internet for my brother that had the bladder cancer removed on January. So the end of of March in Muskoka. And uh, I got as far as putting in his um, health card and then nothing. It just froze. I finally from the 1-800 number, and they told me that uh, he could go to what they call Minden, like is it an hour and a half from where he lived, uh, if he wanted it, but to call back after Easter and book an appointment. So he finally did. Now he's got an appointment for the end of April.
1: Sharon called from London, Ontario, to tell us about her frustration in trying to book a COVID vaccine appointment.
8: Well, I'm in my 70s and I have not been able to get it yet. And it's very frustrating when I hear that there are all these openings in Toronto for people to get vaccines because I go on the phone for London Middlesex and uh, you get to the phone and it says, all our operators are busy, try later, click. And you go on the Internet and all of the um, appointments are taken and you go on and stay on for half the night and hope that something else will come up. And you can't get an appointment. And I even called my MPP and said this rollout is really crazy. If there are extra doses in Toronto that they can't use, why don't they give us more here?
0: And now, Fight Knockout Call of the Week.
1: There were a lot of great calls this week, but the winner of the Fight Back Knockout Call of the Week comes from Don in Toronto who phoned after listening to so many seniors tell their stories of being unable to book a vaccine appointment.
8: Listening to this is making me sick to my stomach. And I love being Canadian. I love being from Toronto. I just turned 60 last week. Um, I'm computer savvy beyond. It was a challenge to finally book my shot. I got it yesterday. Um, But I have to tell you, I have friends older than me. In my area code, in the city, they can't access, they can't get it. I have a sister in L.A., uh, sorry, a brother in L.A., 47, he got it, boom, a month ago. I have a sister in New York, 54, boom, she got it 10 days ago. We have been failed. We have been let down. My heart is breaking for people in remote places. I can't hear anymore that the systems are broken. They're broken. Jane, they're broken beyond.
1: 9636. I'm Jane Brown. Join us again next weekend when we'll round up the best of Fight Back.
0: The best of Fight Back is produced by Jane Brown, Justin Eacock, and Zeeb Haddie, with technical production by Kelly Robotham, executive producer Moses Nimer.